Good afternoon and welcome to The Briefing. My name is Cliff Wilson and I am a partner at the Portland, Oregon office of Smith Freed Eberhard. Today is June 16th and we have an Oregon legal alert titled, Is UIM Coverage for Claimants in Insured Vehicles on the Horizon in Oregon? Before we get into today's legal alert, we just want to thank you for tuning in. And if you need any help with any claims questions or want to request a topic for future podcasts, do not hesitate to reach out to us at sfe at smithfreed.com. All right, let's go ahead and get started. So today's legal alert uh, is entitled, Is UIM Coverage for Claimants in Insured Vehicles on the Horizon in Oregon? Insurance carriers have historically been allowed to exclude UIM coverage for injury damages of occupants in an insured vehicle or, or uh, uh, vehicles that are defined as insured vehicles. Oregon courts have repeatedly applied the insured vehicle exclusion as being fully consonant with the statutory scheme set forth in Oregon's UM slash UIM statute, and that's at ORS 742.502. However, a recent Court of Appeals case has hinted, at least, at a potential sea change if this issue is properly brought in one of the higher appellate courts. Claims pointer for this case is that the plaintiff argued that Oregon statutes governing UM and UIM coverage requires automobile insurers to provide underinsured motorist coverage for injuries incurred by occupants of an insured vehicle where the liability limits of that policy are insufficient to cover all of the damages incurred. The court had historically or previously rejected this argument as contrary to its holding in Right One, which was reversed in part on unrelated grounds by the related Oregon Supreme Court in Right Two. However, the Court of Appeals decided not to consider plaintiff's additional argument that should that it should consider right one under the auspices of another case, Vogelin versus American Family Mutual Insurance Company. Now that was a case involving the calculation of UIM benefits, not directly on point, but because that argument was first raised in plaintiff's reply brief in this case, which will normally then not be considered the Court of Appeals here decided that they would uh, not apply it or would not answer the argument, but they did take time to note in its opinion that plaintiffs' challenge to write one may be more suitably directed to the Oregon Supreme Court if properly brought. And by doing so, they kind of left that issue alive. The case we're talking about today is Roberts v. State Farm Mutual Auto Insurance Company. It's located at 311 OR App 235, decided May 5th, 2021. The facts in this case are that the plaintiff, David Roberts, was injured in a single car accident as a passenger in a vehicle insured by State Farm. State Farm originally paid plaintiff $25,000, the liability limits of the policy, for the injuries he sustained. But this payment did not cover the full amount for his cost of treatment. Plaintiff then demanded that State Farm pay him an additional $25,000 from the policy's underinsured motorist coverage. State Farm refused this demand due to its policy language that an uninsured or an underinsured vehicle 
does not include a vehicle that is insured by that same policy. Specifically, a vehicle, quote, whose ownership, maintenance, or use is provided liability coverage by this policy, end quote. The trial court granted State Farm's motion for summary judgment and plaintiff appealed. So the legal framework is that in Oregon, every motor vehicle liability policy that insures against loss that a person suffers, including injury or death, resulting from use of a motor vehicle, shall provide in the policy or by endorsement on the policy, uninsured motorist coverage if the policy is either A, issued for delivery in the state, or B, issued or delivered by an insurer that does business in this state with respect to any motor vehicle principally used in this state. And that's at ORS 742-502 sub 1. Moreover, the insurer will pay all sums that the insured is legally entitled to recover from the owner or operator of an uninsured vehicle because of bodily injury sustained by the insured caused by an accident arising out of the ownership, maintenance, or use of the uninsured vehicle, ORS 742-504. However, an uninsured vehicle does not include an insured vehicle unless it is a stolen vehicle, ORS 742-504, sub 2, sub L, sub A. So even though the statute is is talking about uninsured vehicles, the same legal framework applies to underinsured situations with regard to those definitions. So the analysis of that in this case is that during this appeal, the plaintiff argued that it was proper to construe the Oregon statutes governing UM and UIM, so uninsured and underinsured motorist, to require insurers, in this case State Farm, to provide UIM coverage, so underinsured motorist coverage, for injuries stemming from the insured vehicle accident when the liability limits of the policy are insufficient to cover all incurred damages. The appellate court concluded that its decision in right one rejects the argument that was made by the plaintiff in this case, determining that the application of the insured vehicle exclusion to UIM coverage is consistent with the Oregon statutory scheme. And they cited right one at 152 or app at 114. The court also uh, cited to William J. Shermer's auto liability insurance, uh, the fourth at sections 39.3, that's the tw- uh, 2020 uh, publication. And in that publication, Uh, Shermer noted that different approaches by different states that under the appellate decision in right one, Oregon enforces the exclusion of a vehicle insured under the policy's liability coverage from the definition of an uninsured or underinsured motor vehicle. And because it can't be, uh, it's not defined as an uninsured or underinsured motor vehicle, you can't get underinsured bodily injury benefits. The court further held that plaintiff failed to demonstrate why it would be appropriate for that appeal, this appeals court to abandon its own prior precedent and raised for the first time in his reply brief the arguments that the Supreme Court's decision in another case called Vogelin called the appellate court's adjudication in right one into question. 
And the Vogelin case is uh, uh, Vogelin uh, 346-OR-490. But the court did note that Vogelin did not address the specific question of law at hand in this matter. And they basically said that even if the appellate court should reconsider right one in light of Vogelin, plaintiff's argument at the Court of Appeals, because he brought it only at, at his reply briefing, had just come too late. And that's basically an Oregon rule of appellate procedure uh, in terms of you can't raise an argument for the first time in your reply brief. You have to raise it in your opening brief. So the big picture here is, and the reason this case is somewhat interesting, is it does leave open the door, at least the Court of Appeals leaves open the door for this question about whether or not Vogelin should, should rewrite or undo uh, the Court of Appeals decision in right one, and basically said that that's a question for the Supreme Court. So Oregon insurance policies that exclude insured vehicles from UIM coverage, remember underinsured motorist coverage, when injuries incurred are as a result from an accident with a liable insured vehicle, continues to be consistent with the applicable uh, statutory language in Oregon. So that's still the rule of law. However, if the argument that the Oregon Court of Appeals in Right 1 should be reconsidered in light of the Oregon Supreme Court's case of Vogelin, which seemed to be inconsistent, or there's an argument was inconsistent, is properly brought within the appellate or Supreme Courts of Oregon, and it wasn't properly brought in this case, then insurance companies may potentially face a new UIM exposure that was not has not previously been seen in Oregon. This argument is certainly one to look out for in future UIM cases and appeals. So while this is a kind of complex case, and uh, to be clear, it hasn't changed anything in regard to the law in Oregon at this point, it certainly was kind of a nod that the Court of Appeals made that said, look, this might be a question in the future, one for the Supreme Court of Oregon to answer with regard to the interrelationship between Vogelin and the Oregon Court of Appeals uh, prior decision of right one. Something certainly to keep an eye out for. So thank you so much for joining us today for this episode of The Briefing. And as always, if you would like access to more legal alerts, content regarding Oregon and Washington case law, statutory law, or claims help manuals, please reach out to us at the email on the outro screen. Or visit our website to explore our other legal resource section. My name is Cliff Wilson, and I appreciate your time today. Thank you, and have a great rest of your week.